All right, hello everyone and welcome to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella and I'm super excited to dive into this next hour with you. I had the honor and pleasure of speaking with our guest speaker before on this beautiful chat series that she's doing. Um, and so I just wanna really dive into this next hour. I don't wanna take up too much time in the introduction. So I'm just gonna go over some housekeeping rules to get everyone warm and cozy. Um, I really appreciate everyone for taking the hour out of their day to join us live. I know that there are a lot of crazy things happening in the world. So, you know, you could have been anywhere else, but you're here with us. So I really appreciate you. Um, and with that said, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise. Uh, but I cannot stress enough that we we want to hear from you. We want this to be, you know, a holistic dialogue, uh, an honest conversation. So feel free to unmute yourselves whenever you can. Thank you for turning your camera on, Michelle. I was just going to say, feel free to turn your cameras on. Uh, visibility is key. We believe in visibility. The revolution is happening. And I know that some of you have heard this phrase, the revolution will not be televised, except when, uh, when we record here on these uh, beautiful conversations. So feel free to turn your cameras on. Um, and, uh, and if anyone wants to uh, keep anything anonymous, because we will be talking about some sensitive topics, of course, feel free to write in the chat box. But if you want to write anonymously, please write to me anonymously. You can find uh, me under Mariella in the chat box, um, and I will flag your response or your question to our guest speaker. And the last thing that I'll say is uh, we, I know that we're living in, the, in a world where everyone is multitasking and doing several things at once, but I would really value and honor uh, your, your, your presence. Uh, and you can rewatch this video later on Power to Fly and take notes then, but you know, uh, please you know, help us make this as engaging as possible. And I'll sound like a broken record by the end of the chat, so don't worry, I'll remind everyone and I'll give folks an opportunity to unmute themselves. Um, so this is being recorded. If you do come off of mute, you will be featured in our live recording. Um, and be sure to follow us on social so that you can stay in tune with the next series uh, that Chris has coming up and all the other chats that we have here. So without further ado, uh, let's jump right into meeting our guest speaker. Like I said, I had a chance to chat with Chris uh, offline um, and in our previous chat that she is doing here with her beautiful chat series. So for those of you who don't know Chris, um, I'm just going to pass the mic to her in just a second so that we can learn more about her. Um, and uh, the last thing that I want to say is, no, I said everything. Great. So Chris, <laughs> let us know <laughs> a little bit about yourself uh, for those who might not have joined your chats before. Um, let us know how you came to learn about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. Goodness. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome. I'm not sure, since we've got people in all different time zones, Maybe it's breakfast time, maybe it's lunch time. Maybe you're like me and you try not to wake up until lunch time, which makes lunch breakfast and it's socially acceptable to eat again at three in the morning. Right? That's socially acceptable. Who can tell it's quarantine now? What do we know? So welcome to our Power to Fly conversation. Um, there's some info about me on your screen right now, but I don't want to waste your time having that conversation because you're not here to learn about me. You're here to learn about pronouns. So let's talk about what pronouns are. As we're getting ready to jump into this, first of all, I wish I could high five each of you in a both in person and like in the pre-COVID world of like high five to you for showing up because the very first and most important aspect of learning both in general and about pronouns is just showing up. Sometimes all it takes is to be in the room. And when we're having these conversations, it can sometimes feel really overwhelming if you're brand new to this whole thought process and this whole topic. No stress. Not only will you be able, because you signed up, to re-watch this when Mariella sends the link out, you'll also be able to really just focus in on even one thing. If you just take away one thing, 
you're already one thing ahead of where you were five minutes ago. So already you're kind of the rock star status. When we look, use them. Pronouns aren't special to any specific population. Pronouns are what we use instead of somebody's name all the time. So it would sound super weird to you if I said, um, Mariella is a friend of mine and Mariella and I sometimes go to the store and sometimes Mariella likes ice cream and sometimes Mariella likes cake instead and sometimes Mariella drives and sometimes I drive, but mostly Mariella likes to drive. It would sound super weird. It would also sound a lot like if you watch Sesame Street or have ever seen it, Elmo really doesn't use pronouns. And that's why when Elmo talks about things, he will say, Elmo does this, Elmo likes that, Elmo goes to the store, Elmo likes the color red. We know that works for really small children because they haven't yet learned about what pronouns are. For the rest of us, as we've learned language, whether English is your first language or not, we've learned to use pronouns. So that's when it goes from Mariella does this and Mariella does that to this is my friend Mariella. She says this, she does that, she goes here, she goes there. I gave this to her, I'm talking about her, right? Those she and her words that replace the name of the person. In a lot of cases, the way the person looks and the name that they have matches their pronouns. So in a lot of cases, if we never heard or saw Mariella at all, based on the name Mariella, we could assume and would assume that person is female and identifies as female. So we might automatically use she and her pronouns. What we've come to learn, though, is that not all people have an identity that matches their name or that matches their appearance. So when we look at pronouns, we're looking at the reality that until someone tells us how they identify, we don't always know how to refer to them. And we recognize this because just like using someone's name, there's no expectation for us to know that in advance. We just have learned you ask someone what their name is. We're still learning that you ask someone about their pronouns. The same way that we know when we meet someone new, maybe we offer our name first. We're also learning that it's important to offer our pronouns. So if I met you at a party and we'd never met before, it would be really common for you to ask me what my name is. Or it would be really common when we meet for me to offer you my name, right? Like that's not a new thing. That's something we've all been doing since the beginning of, uh, you know, our own time or time or language or something. What we're learning is that the pronoun piece can't always be assumed. And because it can't always be assumed, it shouldn't ever be assumed because we don't want to get it wrong. Right? Like we don't want to meet somebody and assume we know what their name is. It would be super weird if I walked up and you were standing with your friend Mariella and I said, hi, Stacy. Like, I just assumed that's what your name was. And maybe, maybe somebody's name was Stacy, but the odds of that always being right aren't great. So I would learn to either say like, hi, we haven't met before and either give her the space to say her name or to say to her, hi, I'm Chris, and wait for her to give her name. Just that same way, pronouns work too. So I might say, hi, I'm Chris, I use she, her pronouns. It takes no more than half a breath, if that. It takes no more time. But it means that if Mariella walks away and she's talking to someone and they say, oh, I want to learn more about LGBT stuff, or, oh, I'm from Ohio where I grew up. 
she would then know to say to, to that person, oh, you should talk to Chris. She also grew up in Ohio or she is over there. I was just talking to her because I told her not only what my name is, but what pronouns I use. <clears throat> so as we move into these sorts of conversations, we've been getting some questions in advance. Um, I know some of you have signed up for this conversation moments ago. What one of the great things about Power to Fly is, is that when you sign up early, um, you have the opportunity then to also add your questions. And some of those questions can also come in through our chat. I'm seeing we've got Floridians are representing today, and we've got Montana and New Mexico. We lost you there, Chris. Your phone is on mute. But yes, we've got folks calling from all over. So I'm calling from Argentina. Chris is calling from Miami. We do have some folks representing from Florida, uh, Montana, New Mexico. So if you're just joining us, go ahead and write in the chat box where you're calling from so we can give you a shout out. And then I'll pass the mic back to you, Chris. Absolutely. And for those who have just jumped in, if there are questions that you have, feel free to toss them into the chat. If you would like the question asked, but you're not up to sharing that it's coming from you, if you go into the chat box, it says two with the word everyone, and there's a little sort of down arrow, you're going to click on that, and it'll let you pick the host, whose name is Mariella. You can click that name, or you can click my name, and it'll only share that message with the person you click on. So that way we can work together to get all the questions answered, even for people who don't feel comfortable that their own name is attached to their question. Beautiful. I, yes. I know we've got some coming up, of course. Yes. Yes. So um, you have already mentioned that, you know, folks have, have submitted their questions offline. Um, these are great questions. We're going to take them one by one uh, throughout this next hour. But of course, as Chris mentioned, if you had a dream last night, if you had, you know, some, you ate something for lunch and it made you remember something, um, now is your, chan your chance to shine uh, and ask those questions either privately um, or you can take yourselves off of mute and chime in. We really want to use this opportunity to learn. And I said this yesterday, actually on a call that we had a, a chat and learn yesterday. Someone asked specifically about pronouns um, because the two guest speakers were speaking about raising uh, culturally con conscious kids in, in this you know, day and age, which is a very beautiful topic. And I'm sure that you can speak uh, to this as well as an educator, Chris. Um, but, you know, I know that this is new language, new awareness, you know, different kind of consciousness that we're, we're, we're um, uh, stepping into uh, as, as humanity. So, you know, I want to say thank you to people like Chris who are coming up to the front lines and, 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 and opening the door to have these conversations. So there is no judgment. There is no wrong question, as Chris is saying, you know, before. Submit your questions uh, if they come to you now. But as I said, we're going to walk through these questions one by one. Um, uh, that you all submitted offline. And let's just start with this first question here. So again, if this is your question that you see coming up uh, on the screen, feel free to, to add more. If this is not your question and it resonates with you or you, know, you want us to dive deeper, feel free to, to uh, add uh, to the chat box or take yourselves off of mute. So uh, Chris, I'm gonna pass this question to you. So how can we increase awareness around trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming issues in the workplace? Is it appropriate for a company to ask their employees to share their gender pronouns? I think this is a really great question and it's something now on more and more people's minds with everything that's been going on more than ever um, with racial injustice. 
we've been talking so much about it's no longer considered enough to not be racist. You need to be actively anti-racist. And the same is happening here. We've really started to realize as a society, it's not enough to not just not say transphobic things. It has to be that you're anti-transphobia. So when we look at what that means, so often we think that transphobia means you hate trans people, you go out with weapons and you harm trans people. That's true, but also it means being uncomfortable. So it means looking at the reality of when you feel uncomfortable and you're not sure what to say and you're afraid to say the wrong thing, so you say nothing, or you're afraid to say the wrong thing, so you don't, or the non-binary person to the get together or the party or the happy hour, that's also really transphobic. So it's always better to have a conversation privately if you need to, if you're not quite sure and you're new, you can pull them aside and just say, you know, I'm, I'm new to this. I don't want to get this wrong. Would it be okay if, and you can ask a question, right? It's okay to ask a question. Would it be okay if we go to this place for happy hour or is there something about that place that isn't safe for you? And sometimes that's the best way we learn things because there is no one monolithic group. And what that means essentially is that even though there's categories of people, there's no one answer for all people. And we know that primarily this group, Empower to Fly, is largely women and people who identify as female. We know that if you ask a woman a question, you're going to get a different answer depending on who the woman is. We know that if we've ever watched television shows, any of those and I say this only because I've seen far too many episodes, those like say yes to the dress shows or the house shows where they are decorating homes, right? You know that there's different women in all of those who all have different opinions because there is no one, all women believe this, all women feel this way. It's the same thing for trans people. It's the same thing for non-binary people. It's the same thing for non-conforming people. There is not one all people in this category think this way, feel this way, live this way, act this way, experience. So when we talk, we can talk in the generalities, but what's specific to the individual that you know is going to be based on who else is around, what their own experiences are, all those sorts of details. So this is sort of the place that we start, and then from there it grows by individual. So when we look at what companies can do and what people can do, a lot of it is exactly what you're doing right now. It's showing up. When you show up, even if you're multitasking, you hear things and you learn things. And we know that this is why, for example, podcasts work so well for people. It's why we know that things like Duolingo or any of the other language learning skill sets work so well because we're hearing things that maybe we didn't know before. And it's making us think things. And it's a willingness after we're done with this hour that you don't just pack this away and put it in the back of your kind of brain closet, but give yourself some time to think on it. Maybe you come up with more questions and my contact info will be at the end of this. So if you have questions, then you just can't wait to ask, you can shoot me a message. Maybe it means that you go talk to somebody within this community that you know. Sometimes that conversation can just be, I was attending this training, this is what they said, I'm wondering your thoughts on this, or I'm wondering your experiences on that.
And what we're finding so often is that just by acknowledging or being open about, I'm going, suddenly it becomes easier for people to share stories with you. It's much more likely that someone wants to share with a person who wants to learn than it is that they would just randomly approach you and just try and give you information they don't know if you would be accepting of. When we look at continuing to increase awareness, we're also looking at what we share with each other. So once you're done with today's training, if you walk away with even one takeaway and you share that, whether you share that in, by voice or in person with somebody that you work with or someone in your network, whether you tweet it out, um, and I think my Twitter information will be at the end of this also, um, any of those sorts of ways that you're sharing what you've learned is a way that you're doing better. And when Mariella sends the email out, because when you signed up to come today, your email address that you submitted means you'll get this conversation, this video recording. You'll be able to share that link with other people. And so when you do that, it only takes half a second to copy, paste, and send an email. That's how you're doing better. That's how you're increasing awareness. When we have more of these trainings through Power to Fly, it means that you're continuing to show up and continuing to already starting to do that work. So again, like high five, virtual high five to that, right? Mariella's with me on that. We are high-fiving internationally right now. Check that out. Yeah. When, when we look at whether it's appropriate to ask a company, for a company to ask their employees to share their pronouns, this one for some people gets tricky. There's always this fear of what if I upset somebody, which makes a lot of sense. At the same time, what if there's someone who wants to share and needs that opening? What a lot of companies have started to do is to have the leadership and the people who are comfortable put their pronouns in their email signature. So at the end of their email, when there's all that language at the bottom that has the person's name and their phone number and their email address and their job title, and maybe it's the mailing address of the company and the logo of the company, or all that language about you know, this, this email is for this person only, all, all that kind of stuff that comes at the bottom of emails, all they've done where they've had their email signature is right after their name, in parentheses, they've written their pronouns. So for those who are able to look on screen now, I know this is tricky for people on their phones, you'll see next to my name, in parentheses, it says she slash her, along with my name, which means that if you've just joined us and we're having a meeting, you would know before I ever said anything, you can see on the screen what my first name is and how to spell it what my last name is and how to spell it. And in parentheses, you'll see what my pronouns are. So if you were to jump in right now, you might be able, you could immediately say, like, I wanna piggyback on what she just said. What I heard her say was, because my pronouns are already there. And it's also in my email signature. So you would then know, without having to have a conversation with me, exactly what pronouns to use. You would also be able to see, for example, um, the name that I use might not be the name that matches my email address. That's because I personally have two first names and no middle name legally. So some of the email correspondence that are set up based on the name on my taxes will have Kristen Marie on there. Nobody calls me that. It's on my diplomas. Otherwise, no one ever calls me that. If you saw me in public and you yelled that to me, 
probably would not turn around because I don't identify with that name. So just by looking at my email signature, when you would email me back, you would know the name to address it and you would know how I spell it. Many of us do this, right? If your name is Catherine, maybe you go by Kate or Katie. If you work with someone whose name is Elizabeth, maybe they go by E or Liz or Lizzie or Beth or James might go by James or Jim. Maybe James actually goes by his middle name. All those sorts of things that we do all the time, we can put those in our email signature. Nothing seems weird for that. Nobody thinks that's odd. No one's being called out for it. But it means when you get an email, you can glance to see what somebody's pronouns are in their email, and you just always want to follow that. So if we're meeting for the first time, you would see that maybe the emails that I send you have my name listed as Kristen Murray in my emails. But if we've had email conversations, you would see that I go by Chris. You would see that I use she and her pronouns. So when we would meet in person for the first time, you would hopefully then know to call me Chris because that's what my email signature says. It wouldn't be any different if it said in my email signature that my name is Joseph, right? The hope would be that when you would meet me in person, even though my email signature or my, my email address might have a female name, if I say that I go by Joseph, or maybe it says Mariella, and in parentheses it says he, him, it wouldn't be, well, that name sounds like a girl name, or that person looks like a girl person, or a woman person, depending on Mariella's age. We would still know to say, I just met Mariella, and he is awesome. I was talking to Mariella, and he and I are going to do this afterwards. I think that he's really great. I'm looking forward to working with him because we would see that in our signature lines. So it may be that rather than asking or mandating that your employees always have to share, you can put that in your email signature. You can make that the cultural norm at your company and it welcomes people to do that. Especially if you're in a position of power, when you show that, it lets everybody else know it's okay to show that to you. The people who don't care won't notice. Rarely, if ever, will you get people angry with you about it. They typically just don't even notice. It's sort of like if you change your hair, the people that aren't impacted by it don't notice. But the people who were also thinking about changing their hair probably notice because they're looking to see what's okay at your company. They're looking to find out. Right? Like they're looking to find out, is this okay? It's just the way that we've found um, if you are looking at, for example, the ratings of movies, if you're maybe over the age of 20, maybe you don't even look to see what the movie is rated because you can go see whatever movie you want. You just look to see if the movie is interesting. 16, and your local movie theater checks ID to go into a an R-rated movie, which is typically requires you to be 17, you're always going to notice if the movie is rated PG-13 or R because it impacts you. And there's actual science behind this and psychology behind it. It's just you'll suddenly start to notice all the other cars of the exact same kind on the road because you're looking for it. Nobody else notices that. So moving forward, when you look at is it appropriate, 
add it to your own signature line first and just see how it goes. You don't have to ever bring it up. You don't have to say a word, but it's going to let people know if they want to share. It's safe for them and they're welcome to share. Thank you so much, Chris. So great to hear you kind of really break it down for us and, and put it, you know, a little, a little closer to us so that it's not so out of reach and, and we don't really know how to, how to work with um, the new way of being social, uh, honestly, and, and forming uh, um, uh, collaborative uh, relationships with people, because otherwise we are, we are ostracizing people and keeping them on, on, the, on the lines of not you know, knowing how to approach and not, or maybe offending. And so I really love that, um, in essence, you are bringing people together by, uh, you know, sharing this knowledge and empowering us to do that. So, um, and actually I have a follow-up question here in the chat box that someone has written me here. Um, and then I have another question that I want to throw at you as well. So I'll Yay. ask the two at once and you can go for both of them. So I'll start with my question. I know that you have a book that you've just come out with. So congratulations on that. Can you uh, please feel free? Uh, and I would love for you to specifically talk about some of these questions uh, as we present uh, on, on the different slides, you know, there are some references in your book that you speak to about, you know, I don't know, in the workplace or, you know, how to just kind of be courageous about making these uh, progressive steps forward. Uh, feel free to drop that knowledge as it relates to your book so that we can also then go to the, go to your book and, and dive in more. Um, and then here in the chat box, we have a question here. Um, how can we respect those who prefer not to share their pronouns and still create an environment where pronoun sharing is encouraged? It's a great question. Um, it's really why I'm a big advocate for putting your own any place your name is written, you can add your own pronouns if you're feeling safe and comfortable to do so. Because what that does is it signals to people who want to share that you're a safe person to share with. So for example, it's in my email signature line. If you go to my social media pages, um, in addition to seeing that I am not the best at social media, my, my Instagram page, I should apologize to all of them. I do not know how to Instagram. I have not even attempted TikTok. It's just not a good idea for me. Uh, I've never felt older in my life than trying to make those things work. But you'll see that next to my name, my pronouns are listed. It might be something if we're already friends in any of those platforms, you maybe never noticed that before. If we're connected on LinkedIn, you might not have noticed that my pronouns are listed. Um, if we're not already connected in those places, well, shame on both of us and let's do that. But it means that it's something, if it doesn't apply to you, you might not notice. If it does apply to you or you're interested in that, you will notice because you're looking for it. It's just the way that if you've ever noticed when you're really hungry that every commercial on television seems like it's about food, we know that statistically that's not true. There are commercials for all sorts of things. But when that's the thing your brain is focused on, you'll notice it more. When you're not hungry, you probably don't notice how many food commercials there are because they don't feel like they apply to you. So by having that everywhere, if you have an office or a cubicle and your name is on a name card, I've seen people take a Sharpie or a piece of tape over it if it's something sort of engraved and write their pronouns. Um, at events and conferences, <laughs> remember events, remember conferences? Can't wait till we can have those again. Um, along with name tags, sometimes I'll see people write them in with a marker or a pen 
Um, other times, like for me, because this is the work I do, so I'm always thinking about this, when I sign up to attend an event, in the place where the name tags are, I know they're going to take my first and last name. When I write my name into that box, when I type it in, I type my pronouns in in parentheses. So when my name tag gets printed, it will say on it, Chris Shane, parentheses, she, her, or she slash her, depending on how many characters I have. Any of those places that we can add it, because I feel comfortable sharing my pronouns, I'm signaling to other people who would like to share theirs that I know what pronouns are, that I will respect the pronouns they use, and that I'm opening up the conversation, right? It's sort of the way that if you go to, for example, like Best Buy, sometimes when there's a new type of iPhone that's out, all the staff will wear a t-shirt that says, you know, like my name is Jim, where there's a name place, and then it says like, ask me about the new iPhone, right? They know that not everyone is gonna ask. If I go in there and I need help with a computer, I'm not paying attention to their shirt because it doesn't apply to me. But if I've come in and I'm not sure and I might need a new phone, they've let me know on their shirt, this is someone who knows about the new iPhone, I can ask them. And they've already done at least a little bit of the work so they know about the iPhone. So if I mention it to them, they don't look at me like I'm making up things that didn't exist before. It's the same thing here. Even when you decide not to mandate or not to require everyone in the office at an event to introduce themselves and include their pronouns, when you place it everywhere, you're signaling to people, essentially it's like wearing a t-shirt, hi, I understand what pronouns are, you can share your pronouns with me. If somebody doesn't want to, they don't have to, they probably won't notice you put that there, but the ones who want to, or the ones who aren't sure whether they should apply to your company or on their first day, they're not sure if this is a safe or inclusive place to work, they're looking for those signs. They'll notice those signs. So that's kind of a way that you can, in plain sight, share that information without mandating it or causing anyone to feel forced to share something that they don't want to. Um, as for the book, I, only because I was told to, to bring it, uh, I know that there will be more information later on it. Initially, the book was written with the thought of um, people who worked in schools and that type of educator. What we've learned in the time since is that any of us who learn, when we share what we learn with others, we're inherently educated then. So when I learn something different, say black culture, or what it meant when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. When I learned that for the first time, as soon as I had that information, I could then share it with somebody else. And as soon as I share it, I'm an educator on that one thing. It didn't mean I know everything there is to know and I'm the expert on blackness or on Colin Kaepernick or on football or on anything except he took a knee for this reason or even this is how you spell Kaepernick. So when we're having these conversations now, as soon as you share anything you're learning, you automatically then become an educator on that one thing. For example, even though we used to think the word educator meant somebody who is a teacher by profession, we're
not enough time in the day or in life. Awesome that we all come together with our different backgrounds and our different experiences because there's no way for me to know all the things there are to know. I know that Tim is in the room from Great Falls, Montana. I could move to Great Falls, Montana. I could ask Tim for a burger, I would then know that to educate me, right? Tim is now the educator of the best burger. That doesn't mean that, that Tim is the mayor of Great Falls, Montana. That doesn't mean that Tim is the encyclopedia of all things the state of Montana. Tim because is the I educator. So when I we're looking at, yeah. Yes, sorry, I'm just going to um, let all of our live callers know that Chris is having yeah. some weather problems where she is in Miami, so if she's cutting out, uh, just be patient with us, but we do we do uh, hear you, Chris. There are some times when we, we aren't able to hear you. I think now if I kind of chop up the audio with you, uh, that'll be clear, so thank you for writing me privately, someone who was concerned a little bit. Um, I love that you are making this uh, a holistic vision, um, just it, all the ways that you're talking about this. You're making this, uh, you know, more of a 360 uh, human experience instead of a linear and and now is you know we need more of that now than ever in my opinion uh, less of this linear yes no boy girl black white and more of this uh, holistic uh, perspective and 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 in essence I mean I actually journaled this this morning that I am a student and a teacher I don't have a degree, but I do guide and I share information. And I have always had that inclination to speak in front of people and do these things like that to, to help bring awareness. Um, and I just, I, I had this realization that the two go together. And if you are a teacher, you should want to be a student as well in life. And if you're a student, you do have the responsibility uh, to share knowledge and to empower yourself and other folks. So I think it's really nice to find this dualism, uh, just to make it a little more holistic and also to put it within reach so that we know, okay, yes, I'm not an expert, but I do know that I received, you know, this information from this source. And I encourage you to do research for yourself, right? Like pass it on. Um, and, and I know that a lot of us are feeling more and more empowered to speak about these tab topics uh, such as uh, racism or sexism you know or, or gender um, and so uh, one thing that I'll say that Chris has been saying this whole time and that I, I will also give my stamp of approval is that we are not experts we're all figuring it out and the best way to go about it is to offer compassion uh, and curiosity so that no one gets hurt uh, and then so that we can all grow together Chris did you want to chime in on any of that <laughs> Sure. Um, I, I think there, you're absolutely right. We have this sort of belief, I think, in our society that unless you're the expert on something, you should never say a word ever, ever in life. Um, and that just doesn't really work for anybody. I am currently working on my doctorate and starting tonight is my first statistics class, which means for me, eight weeks of, of absolute nightmare. Um, I, I just got my textbook. I made it to page searching some of the terminology. I do not have a clue in the world about anything related to statistics. Like if there were negative amounts of clues, that's how many I have on that specific topic. I am completely dependent on not just the professor in my class, but on the examples that the other people in my class will give to help this make sense. 
I reached out to somebody who teaches some of these courses last night and said to him, here are three words. I can't figure out what they mean. I've Google searched them. That didn't clarify anything for me. And when he started to give me terms, it didn't help. I needed him to give me examples of what it looked like. And when I could relate it to my own life, they started to make a little bit more sense. I think it's really important that we recognize that the people who are experts in one thing can have absolutely no clue in something else. And it doesn't mean that you have to be 100% brilliant all the time or that you're 100% stupid all the time. We're all kind of stupid about some things and we're all kind of brilliant about some other things. And when we collectively come together, we suddenly become collectively less stupid and collectively more brilliant. And it's always a learning process. You know, I mean, I, I think people believe that if you know a lot about something, because I work, for example, in this kind of category of diversity, there have been people who have said to me, well, okay, Black Lives Matter stuff, you talk about diversity, parse this out for me. And the very basics, I have some knowledge on. I've been reading a lot. I'm happy to share what I know. There's also times where my answer is, I don't know. Let me connect you with the person who does. Or follow this person on social media. They're clearing things up for me. There are times I've said something. And a person who is black has had to say to me, like, hey, I know that you mean well. The way that you worded that, not the best way to word that. Here's what you want to say instead. And the goal then has to be that it's not, it's hard to hear that, right? Like it's not fun. It is not at all fun to have somebody pull you aside and be like, yo, you screwed that up. But the trick of that moment is to just sort of take that in and just sort of be like, you know what? Sorry, I didn't know. Now I know. And then once I know, I have to do better. It's not an option anymore not to know. And it's the same with pronouns. If I don't know any better and I accidentally call Michelle she, because every Michelle I've ever met identifies as female, if the Michelle in front of me actually identifies using he, him pronouns, as soon as Michelle says to me, actually, it's he, they're not upset with me because I didn't know, but now they've told me. So now I need to know. The same way as if Michelle said, actually, I go by Shelly. It's not a problem that I didn't know the first time. It only becomes a problem if I continue to use the wrong name. And a lot of us have had that. If you're someone who is Mariella, and maybe someone assumes you just go by Mary, or you just go by Ella, the first time someone gets it wrong, sometimes that happens. They guessed, they made a wrong guess. But if you all heard this person say, actually, it's Mariella, and then you listen to me say, well, Mary's right about this. Well, Ella just said, right? All of you in some way would probably at some point just kind of cringe the first time. And then you start wondering why I didn't listen. And if after Mary Ella corrected me again, I kept doing it. At some point, you'd all start thinking like, wow, Chris is a jerk. Like, that's definitely not cool. It is clearly no longer an accident. Why? Like, what's going on that she's just decided to change Mariella's name no matter what Mariella has said about this? So really, when we're looking at pronouns, it's the same thing. The first time it happens, it's easy to just go, sorry, I didn't know, and correct your own language. The second time, it stops being an accidental mistake, 
And if it keeps happening, you're doing that on purpose and it's not okay. So just being mindful as you're learning to incorporate what you're learning in and you're not making mistakes that way you're growing. And people know we're all trying to grow. We're all trying to learn and do better. Nobody expects us to know everything. I know we have more questions coming and I wish I could keep us all day, but I know I only get so long with everybody. Oh my gosh, we do. And, but honestly, this is, I mean, I always say a successful chat is, you know, if we stay on the first couple slides and, you know, the, 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 <laughs> we're fleshing out, you know, and everyone is, is joining in and asking questions and that's a successful chat. So um, I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to speaking with you again so that we can get into more questions, but we're not done yet. I still have some questions right now, for example. Um, so how, what do we do? Cause this is like, this, uh, the, the situation that you just mentioned of like, you know, if I say that my, if I say actually it's Mariella and they still go back to calling me Mary or Ella and it's just like really uncomfortable for everyone and how this is happening in, uh, in the case of using pronouns with lawyers, for example, I have a friend who's a lawyer and she is saying that it really makes her skin crawl when lawyers know that the person that they are representing or speaking with, uh, they prefer to be called this way and they disregard that because of their appearance and how that is a huge slap in the face. What do, what are the outsiders, like people who are watching or, you know, the person that is not making that choice to continually, uh, in your words, be a jerk uh, and not, you know, stand up to what these people are, are asking uh, as far as their pronouns are concerned. What do we do to, to expect respect in that case? And, and this is in a situation where we're talking about a lawyer. So I know this happens in schools, you know, in families and neighborhoods. So can you give us some advice on how to work through those situations? Yeah, absolutely. So, so first, as we're looking at, at the question also, um, you use the word prefer. And prefer for a really long time was the words that we used, right? Like the, the correct way we worded it was, um, what pronouns do you prefer? And it's, to me, it sort of equates with the idea of when when we went in our American history of going from calling black people a lot of things to using the word colored, right? Like at that time, that was the nice word that you used. That was the word you used when you were being inclusive. Now, if I said in front of anybody in the room, well, this is my friend Mariella and she's colored, every one of you would be like, oh God, what is wrong with this human and that's just racist? It's because our language evolves. And our language also evolves with the word preferred. What we recognize now is that while you might prefer chocolate ice cream to vanilla ice cream or McDonald's fries to Burger King fries, who you are is not a preference. It's who you are. So you're not preferring, for example, you're not preferring that I call you Mariella instead of Brittany. That's not a preference that you have. You are Mariella. You are not Brittany. It's the same with pronouns. And so the language that we use now used to be, it used to be, what pronoun do you prefer? Now it's just, what pronouns do you use? The same way that we might ask someone whose name is Elizabeth, what name do you go by? Right? Mm -hmm. Because like, I don't prefer Chris over Kristen Marie. I identify as Chris. I don't identify with Kristen Marie. That's not a name I would answer to. It's not the way I would sign my name on something. If you put that name on my name tag at an event, I'm going to ask you for a Sharpie and some whiteout and I'm going to fix it because that's not the name I use. And we all have our own pronouns. 
some people, if they don't use she or he, use they, they and them. It used to be thought that that's wrong because grammar tells us that's wrong. Grammar has fixed it because grammar is also caught up with us. And it actually, who knew this was a thing, but the dictionary has a word of the year every year. And the 2019 word of the year was they as a singular word. If you used, in the old versions of Microsoft Office and Word, if you used they and it was singular, it would underline it and tell you like that's wrong because they is plural, not singular. Um, it doesn't do that anymore. It now has been updated to recognize that our language has changed. And when we look at, for example, Mariella's case of what's going on with this attorney, when a person has self-identified and clued this person in and it's intentional, if we're in the room, we can do that. We've learned to do that when it comes to racism. We understand that, and sexism also, because these are sort of older ideas that we've had and we've thought more about it, we've had more time. We understand that if somebody is saying sexist things or racist things, that if we're watching from the outside, we can jump in. It doesn't always have to be the person it's being said about that has to always be the one to correct them because that's just exhausting. Like if, if only black people can correct someone from saying the N word in a meeting, especially if there are fewer black people in the room, that's exhausting and it shouldn't have to happen. I know as a white person and most of us, the white people in the room or the non-black people in the room already kind of know that at some point we can then say like, not an okay word to use, or like, that's not the language we use, or that's really sexist and not okay. It's the same when it comes to someone's pronoun or their name. So if somebody was saying in the room, while I was talking to Mariella and he was saying, I might just go, she, and when it happens again, she, and if it happens again, I'm not sure if you're speaking about somebody else, but Mariella is she. And either the person will then recognize they're being called out and they'll stop it because when you know that the people in the room aren't down with you behaving that way and aren't down with you mistreating someone intentionally, a lot of times they'll stop. People only do that when they know it works. It's sort of like construction workers and the, the, like the trope of the cat calling. You'll almost never have a construction worker say that on his own. If you have construction workers and they're catcalling, all it takes is one of them to just sort of be like, hey, don't be a jerk. And it stops because nobody wants to be the one in the group that everyone thinks is the jerk, right? Like we don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that person by accident. But when somebody calls us out, it makes us more mindful. Not only is it not okay and I'm hurting one person, the entire room has now been made aware and if I do this again, it's obviously going to be intentional and I need to watch my own language. So when we're looking at what can we do if we're not the person, I think it's even more important that we're the one that's correcting them. That we're the one that if someone says, you know, I'm talking to Mary over here, that we're the person that goes, it's Mariella. And let them continue. And if they, okay, so Ella and I, it's Mariella. And then it's, if it continues, she goes by Mariella, and you just wait because you know then. And then you can change your behavior because either the person is learning and didn't know, and we all deserve some grace. The person is intentionally being harmful, 
and the way I need to treat the situation is different. And it shouldn't always have to be that Marielle is the only one in the room of 30 of us that has to consistently correct that person. So the more that we're speaking up when we're hearing it, the way we do if we heard someone use the N-word or refer to the one woman in the room in some derogatory term, it becomes important that each person is speaking up. It doesn't mean that 30 people in the room all have to say as a chorus, she goes by Mariella, like that's weird. But if each time it's happening, it's clear that no one in the room is okay with this, that stops that behavior. And if that behavior continues anyway, then it becomes time that people need to start speaking to that person's supervisor because we can't allow that behavior. It's harmful to everybody, not just to that one individual. Oh my gosh, so much knowledge. I want to say thank you. And one of the biggest things that I I think is going to be really beautiful to see, I mean, and it happened perfectly just now with the way that I asked you is just uh, letting the ego take the backseat in this, in this call for change, because, you know, as we're learning, and and I love that you're saying that language is organic and that it can change. And actually um, I talk about this a lot with, uh, with my mindset coach about language and how language uh, essentially has, uh, you know, built societal norms according to a couple of people. But now that we see that we're so much more complex and we are so much more diverse, um, that we can change some of that language so that more people are included. I think if we can have that awareness and not take things uh, so personal, for example, when I say, uh, when my question was about preferred pronouns, and this is information that I'm reading. I see a lot of people are using preferred, 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 but I see just now by asking you this way that actually that is an outdated way of using language and it's more inclusive and more compassionate to say, use, what pronouns do you use instead of what pronouns do you prefer? I'm automatically going to be changing my language so that I can be uh, living in the present and not, you know, be one of the dinosaurs that's being left behind. Um, So I hope that everyone could also see that example live uh, and, and thank you Chris for for challenging challenging me to update my language uh, I really appreciate that it yeah flags that a I lot mean, of we do that a lot of outdated yeah. uh, you know language so that's why it's great to talk to several different minds different perspectives so that you can then decide what you feel most most comfortable with and hopefully uh, the way that makes you comfortable is 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 more inclusive Right. And this is not just specific to pronouns. I think so often what makes people hold back is this belief of it's a whole brand new category. I know nothing about it. It's way too intense. There's way too many language things. I'm probably going to screw it up. So I'm just not going to say anything. And the reality of it is most of this is not anything different in a lot of ways than what you already do or the language you already have. We know that our language evolves. We know that 20 years ago, If somebody, if our boss, if our male boss walked by and said like eggplant, we wouldn't think anything of it. But if our male boss texted us an eggplant, a lot of us are like, whoa, that's not an appropriate thing for a male boss to send anybody. Like that means something now. It didn't used to, now it does. We know that the city of Ferguson was once just another city. Now it means something different because of what's happened there. We know that our language is always evolving because our conversations evolve. We know that we're having conversations. I mentioned that I said that sentence to you five years ago. People probably would have just been like, you mean tic-tac-toe? I, I don't know what, 
but we know that that's a thing now. And so just by the nature of being humans, our language is evolving anyway. These aren't conversations forcing you to, to do things or say things you wouldn't. It's just looking at the way that you're using your own language. It's looking at the way that we recognize when we talk about things like Wi-Fi. That wasn't a thing 20 years ago. Now everybody knows what Wi-Fi is. Now everybody at every hotel wants to know the Wi-Fi password when you check in. Nobody used to ask that. It doesn't mean it was forced on us. It just means our language evolves because our areas of importance evolve. And when we want to do better and treat people kindly, when we want to make the areas we're in safe places for everybody, and of course we do, like nobody wants to be the person that makes someone hate going to work. Nobody wants to be the person that when there's a business Skype or Zoom or phone call that everyone thinks like, oh, Ted's going to be in the room. Oh, man. Nobody wants to be that Ted. We all want to be that person that is either neutral or people are excited to be around. So it's really that same conversation that we're having. And we're looking now at what that means in ways that we didn't used to before. And I know that we are, I always, we, I always feel like we run out of time because I could just hang out with all of y'all forever. Um, there have been some questions about where to find some of the resources, what things to read. Um, there are some questions about, we're talking about this sort of in a professional and in an adult capacity. What about what we can do with our kids? What can we do when we're looking at how to bring this information to kids of different ages that are age appropriate? Um, I spent a really long time and talked to a lot of people in this field to gather resources. They are there's a, uh, 50 or 100 pages of recommended and suggested readings for adults. And then there's a whole section for kids based on reading level and type of story, everything from biographies and autobiographies to comic books, um, all that are in the back of my book. So that's available if that's something that you want a lot more access to. That becomes sort of the quickest way to answer that. Um, some of the questions, if we didn't get to them, we are going to be doing this again. Power to Fly and I are going to keep going on these. So you can always submit more of those. There will also be my contact info for the people that have more of those questions. Uh, getting that reading list, I'm seeing uh, in the chat conversation, that reading list, um, and we'll have the link up too, is in the back of this book. Um, yes, there's tie-dye on the cover. <laughs> say the name of the book for those of uh, who are watching this the and the rewatching sure. they, they don't see your book here. Yes, it's called The Educator's Guide to LGBT Plus Inclusion. It was originally written with the plan that it would be for K through 12 teachers, administrators, and school support staff. What we've come to realize in the time since that cover was designed, both because of the continuation of racial justice movements and because COVID means that parents are now having to be the actual teachers when kids were or are being schooled from home, is that we are all educators. We're all learners because there's new material for different categories for all of us. And we're also then, when we share what we learn, becoming educators. So that book then becomes if you only had time to read one thing and get all the terminology, get all the questions and answers, get some practicing in, figure out how to make it work in your workplace, where are the suggested readings? All of those are all in that one book. Everything's already distilled down. It's all super conversational. I'm not a big fan of, of reading in things that are boring to read. 
I don't like the idea of I read five pages and I have to use a dictionary on every page. Not a fan of any of that. This book is not that. It's intentionally very much a conversation. For those who are in the room now or those who may not be in the room right now but will be listening to this video or the other Power to Fly conversations that I've been lucky enough to be a part of, you'll probably hear it in my voice. It's the same sort of tone. There's also an audiobook and I narrated so you can literally hear it in my own voice if that's Yay. the thing you want. So there's lots of opportunity here. And also uh, you can always reach out to Power to Fly, let them know what other questions. And I know that Mariella and I will continue to have these conversations and continue to host them and, and discuss them and get to as many of your questions as we can collectively. And the personalized ones or the super specific ones, I'm happy to answer by email. Um, I do a lot of consulting work with organizations specifically for this or creating or even fixing up what their policies, procedures, onboarding all looks like so that we can make sure that that's right from day one or even their hiring processes and the way they post jobs. We want to get this right for everybody and we don't expect everybody to become an expert. That's what I'm here for. I'll be the expert in the stuff I know and thank the Lord that there's an expert in things like statistics that I don't know at all. And collectively, we'll all do better, I hope. Heaven help me if I don't, because this class, <laughs> I have to pass this class. So we've all got that level of expertise. I am thrilled to hear from all of you who want to share your expertise with me and gain more of mine for you. Power to Fly has lots of these coming up. If you want to know what else is coming up, you can always go to their website. There's a whole bunch of these chat and learn conversations. They're so much fun. So I'm excited to see what's coming up. And I'm looking forward to having more of these that I get the privilege of leading. Absolutely. Chris, it's always a pleasure speaking with you and learning with you. Um, thank you, everyone who has joined us here for the hour. I appreciate you all. And I hope to see you all on Chris's next chat. Um, and of course, feel free to reach out to Chris and all the ways that she uh, would like to connect. I believe that we can find you. I know you're, you're not so big on social media, but we can find you I'm there. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm there. I'm not always great at it. On Twitter, I'm It's Chris. So I-T-S-K-R-Y-S-S. Um, it's probably the easiest one. My website is thisischris.com. So this is K-R-Y-S-S.com. And on those, there are links to my book. Um, for people who want to stay updated on this information, I'm always updating in those locations. So if you're a Twitter person, um, you can follow me there. And that way, as things are happening in the world, you'll always be seeing it come from me. And you always want to keep up to date with Power to Fly, both because we're going to keep having these conversations and there's a whole bunch of other conversations and topics you might not have even known you didn't know about yet. And just like me, it's fun to learn. I love coming to Power to Fly and learning what other people are experts at. So if you want to go into that chat, you can go to that or you can just go to powertofly.com and you'll be able to click on career and live chats and figure out what's coming up next. Yes. Oh, Chris, you are a gem. I'm so happy that uh, we have met because of this uh, Chat and Learn series. So I look forward to your next chat. And everyone, you know, be courageous, be compassionate, be open, be curious. This, is, this conversation is not going anywhere. So I thank everyone for showing up today. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. See you soon. Bye, everybody.